your Bibles, open them up to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Praise God. Thank you, Daniel. I bet you could have gone on 30 minutes. Hallelujah. Micah's getting ready to go on a missions trip. When's that going to be? May 4th. May 4th. Where's he going? Kenya. Kenya. Praise God. Am I on? Okay. I bet you say you better be on. You didn't come to hear somebody who wasn't, eh? Well, isn't God good? I have had a battle in my own heart and my own life now ever since that Sunday I forgot that one point. And uh, uh, what was humorous on that uh, uh, particular morning turned into be a battleground with me and the enemy. Because the next day I called and asked him seeing how my sister was, was doing and uh, my uh, niece said, well, you didn't know? And I'm going, oh my Lord, what's she going to say? You didn't know that my mom, which is her mom, and my sister, uh, has the beginning stages of dementia. And uh, boy, right then, right then, buddy, the enemy just loaded up and started dumping, you know. And, uh, and I, and I uh, uh, so yesterday during the wedding, I got into one of those moments. I was in the wedding, and uh, I had everything right before me, and I'm going, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, like that. And, and it was just the enemy trying to, 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 you know, he always, he's always trying to do that thing. I mean, I don't receive it, I don't receive it, and, I, and I'm, uh, but I, it was just kind of amazing how he's always trying to attack us. But the good news is, the blood of Jesus Christ has power. And uh, we thank God for that. And what Susan saw today was the blood of Jesus coming down off the cross and coming on, off the cross and all over this platform and down through here and and uh, saying that everybody who will could receive the power of that today. Amen? So if you need it, you can have it. Uh, I mean, I'm not one that when the enemy comes against me, I'm not one that kind of just kind of agrees with him. And uh, I didn't agree with him for that, and, I've been, uh, and I don't agree with that word that was said over my sister. I believe that God's going to touch her and heal her and, and so forth and so on. Uh, she, is, uh, she is a little up there in years. She's uh, 77 uh, years old. And uh, as you can tell, uh, when mom and dad had her, they weren't expecting me. And I was one of those babies that come along, you kidding me? That's what happened when my mother went to the doctors and the doctor says, Geraldine, you're pregnant. And they were not a young couple anyway. And, and she says, Geraldine, you're pregnant. And my mother says, you've got to be kidding. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what my dad said. <laughs> my dad had a dry wit sense of humor. And uh, uh, he just, he was this kind of a unique man in himself. First John chapter four. Oh, wow. Boy, I tell you, the choruses that were picked out this morning go along greatly with what this chapter that I want to read to you this morning. I think it's very important, and I got a few things, and I, and uh, uh, as you notice, I don't have any notes before me this morning, so, but I got news for you. <laughs> I wrote them in here. I'm not going to take any chances. Uh, chapter 4 of uh, 1 John chapter 4. Beloved. That word beloved actually means well-loved ones. How many in here uh, know you're well-loved? I mean, I do. Man, if you don't, you should. Amen. 
Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, it's not just believing that Jesus come. It's believing that the anointed one sent from God has come into the flesh. That's important that you, that you see that when you, when you read that particular verse. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh or that the anointed one has come from heaven into the flesh is not of God. So there's a lot of people who will tell you that they believe that Jesus Christ was born and they believe he's a prophet. But do, do they believe that he is the anointed one sent from God? That's what we're talking about here. We're not going to preach on that, but I just wanted to say that. <clears throat> and this is the spirit. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which uh, this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children. Can you say that I am of God? And because of that, say that I have overcome. And because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. They are of the world, and they, and they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, and he who knows God hears us, and he who does not know God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is what I want to speak on this morning. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that he, we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, well-loved ones, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides or God is at home in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us, the, has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him or is at home in him and God is at home in him. And we know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been, been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. I love that. I love that right now, man. I just, I do, you don't know how many times I have, I mean, that's what I did this past week. I just let perfect love just cast out fear. Because he, <clears throat> because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brethren, he is a liar. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? For he who does not, let me see, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. 
I haven't forgot. The world needs something that's real. And sometimes what it has received from those of us who profess to be Christians has been anything else but real. They've heard us talk about the church that we attend. They've heard us talk about certain speakers that we like. But are they seeing by you something that's real? You know, think about that. When they look at you, are they seeing the real thing? Or are they seeing an imitation? I don't know about you, but I want to be the real thing. I want to be genuine. And so I find out that one of the strongest proofs that we are authentic, one of the strongest proofs that what we believe in and who we believe in is authentic is how we love other people. In fact is, I'll tell you right now, it's the only way that makes what we believe in and who we believe in authentic is by how we love. I can stand up here all day long and preach. I could go into a Sunday school room and teach, but it's what I do away from this place that proves what I have is true and real or not. It's when life hits me slap in the face. It's when people who totally disagree with me come into my little sphere of influence and cause me to prove whether I love them or not. It's easy to love people who agree with me. Come on, y'all. Man, I tell you, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world is to come up to someone and say, I love you because I know they love me and they agree with me and, and everything like that. But that's not what God's talking about. God's talking about loving people regardless of who they are. I mean, that's what he's talking about in here. So as I go down through here and I realize that if we're going to take Jesus to people, then the only thing that we can take to people that's real is love. The love and by which God has loved you needs to be reflected through you to others. Come on, y'all. It's easy to get up here and praise God. Anybody can do it. But what's really hard is taking this love from this building and living it out in every situation, in every circumstance, in front of every person that you come in contact with. And I'm not convinced that the church has done that very well. Oh, I, I know that there are certain people. It's just like in here. There are certain people. Listen, let's be honest. There are certain people that you go to church with that's a challenge to love. Because they think differently than you. You know? They act differently than you. They say things that you would never say. Oh, I remember growing up, there were things that w once I got saved, you never said anymore. Today, they seem to be part of the vocabulary of certain people. And if I let what I hear them saying affect me, I wouldn't believe that they're saved, but I know they're saved. 
because their spirit bears witness with my spirit they are. So I can't always go by what I'm seeing, but I should be able to go by what I'm seeing. But here it says in the Word of God, Beloved, let us love one another. People are looking for the real thing. I think we said several weeks ago that we have kind of got rid of the thing of excellence, and God is now saying the church needs to be authentic. Everything that we do needs to be authentic. Everything that we do needs to be real. Everything that we need do needs to be genuine. Amen? Wouldn't you? How many would agree with me on that? Amen. The fake stuff has got to stop. Amen. The greatest thing that you can do if you're a fake is to get on your knees and repent of it and ask God to revive you. Amen? I mean, the one thing that is needing to be said through you and lived through you is something that's authentic, something that's real, something that's genuine, something that can help people no matter what they're going through. So live it so they got an example of how to be set free. There are two undeniable proofs of God's love. There's two. There's probably, you probably can mention more, but I've only got two. And the only reason i got two is because I don't want to be here all day. But there are two undeniable proofs of God's love. The first one is this, that he loved you and he loved me while we were still in sin. I was reading something yesterday in this wedding, and it was a, it was a real neat wedding yesterday, and and a lot of humor, a lot of laughter, and, and so forth and so on. But as I was going down through this one thing, and, and I was reading this to, to Chuck and Sarah and, and reminding them that, that whatever they say, they're speaking to, to someone that God has saved and it's God's child, and that person in whom you're speaking to is special in the eyes of God. So be careful what you say. You remember that, if those of you who's here? Every husband and every wife ought to remember that. When you get teetotally ticked at your spouse, remember you're getting teetotally ticked at somebody that God loves. So be careful what you say. And so I, I was thinking about that, and God reminded me that early this morning as I was just kind of reflecting over these points that, that, that while I was still a sinner, he loved me. While I was hurting, and by the way, I'm going to tell you this right now, I hurt a lot of people when I was unsaved. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. I used to tell kids who would try to, uh, uh, young people who would who try to mess with me, I said, you better shut your mouth because I, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to hurt you, but I'm going to your mom and your daddy, and I'm going to hurt your mom and your daddy beyond recognition, so just shut up. But even in that, God loved me. I'm getting to a point. I remember the things that I used to do to people. I remember the buildings I broke into. I remember the things that I used to steal. I remember all of that, and I remember all of that. And in all of that, God loved me. His love for me is undeniable. In Romans, I tell you there's a scripture verse in Romans. Let me just read it to you. Romans says this. God demonstrated his love to Fred Morrison... And that while, and while Fred Morrison was still a sinner, Christ died for him. Now, I've got news for you right now that goes around and be critical of everybody that's walking on the face of the earth that ain't like you. 
that they're, they're, they're in sin? I got news for you. God absolutely, positively, 100% loves them. And he died for them. You know? So I realized one of the most undeniable proofs that God loves is standing before you, that when I was still in my sin, while I was sinning, while I was cussing, while I was swearing, while I was doing all kinds of things, he died for me. It wasn't something he did, just did 2,000 years ago. He did it for me while I was walking and breathing at that time. He died for me. He forgave me. And he set me free. Oh, I tell you right now, there was a whole group of people back in Dole, Foscroft, Maine that didn't want me to date their children, didn't want me to hang out with their sons, didn't even want me to come into their neighborhoods. But praise God, God still loved me. He saved me. He set me free. And that's the only thing that motivates me is his love. I am the most loved person in this building today. If you don't feel like that, you need to repent and let God revive you. If you don't feel like you're the most loved person, you're shame on you as a child of God. Now, if you're a sinner, you can be. You can, be, you can, you can walk out of here feeling like you're the most loved person. When you realize that you're the most loved person, you're not going to have a problem about being faithful to the Lord your God. Man, if you're lukewarm, if you've fallen out of love with Christ, if you've compromised your faith, you need to get over it, repent, and come back to the lover of your soul. Because when you walk in that, you don't need to be revived. The love of God revives you. The second proof, the second proof that God's love is genuine is that you love others. Now, that's easy to say. Come on, y'all. It's easy to stand up here and say that we need to love one another. Mm -mm. You know? Love one another. Love, 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 love. It means go around and just hug everybody. I love you. I love, 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 love you. But he's not just saying that in regards to those people or anything. He's saying you've got to love everybody that comes into your life. And if you sit there and say that's easy, you're lying. How do we love people? How do we love people who sin? Do we love them and ignore the sin? Do we stay silent about the sin that's in their life? If I love them and I know what sin can do for them, is doing to them, and I don't say anything, do I really love them? If I have it within my ability to stop sin's power in their life, and I don't do that, do I really love them? How many were here Wednesday night? Okay, so you know what's about ready to happen. I went shopping. 
Isn't that what I said? Didn't I say that Wednesday night? Was it Wednesday night? I went shopping with my wife. <laughs> and my wife said to me, because you were such a good husband last weekend, we're going to do it again this weekend. <laughs> so she pulled a sneaky on me. She took me out to breakfast to have pancakes. I didn't know that Coles opened up at 7 o'clock. And so after we had breakfast, we got there at 8, and I said, 8, back home. And it was 8 to Coles. Because there were people in Coles that come down and says, we opened at 7. So here we go. We go up to Coles. Well, two weeks ago, I mean, a week or so ago, we were there shopping, and I was parked, had my van parked here so I could see Coles here, and I could see Dress Barn here, and the walkway between both of them. And so I really had it scouted out. And I had already walked down and got the stuff from the bookstore. And I was back sitting there like this. And as I was sitting there, here come this little boy walking up to Coles, up to here, with his mother. And all of a sudden, as she got him on the sidewalk, he took off and ran. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. He's running towards the dress barn. He's not going to the dress barn, but that's where he was running. And he's running to the dress barn. He got right about here. A car is coming down this way. If he keeps on going, he's going to be hit. Now, you got to get this. He's going like this. I'm, see, I'm watching this. Okay, I have the ability to do something. But just think if I didn't do it, that kid would be a statistic right now. He could have either been killed or seriously hurt. But he, and, he's, and he's running, and she's hollering. She's hollering at her son. She sees what he's doing, and he's continuing to go, and he's running right there. He's having fun, and he's running away from mother. You know, and the person that's coming down the car doesn't see him. And I'm sitting over there with my window rolled down like this, and I look. Get the point? God's called you to love sin other people's lives. So I, I absolutely believe it's not my job to ignore the sin in their life. It's not my job to stay silent about my, their life. And it's also not my job to badger them with a word. says you see that God loves you <laughs> if you don't stop fooling around hell is where you're going 
Now, how are you going to put that in your notes? <laughs> I am to share the word with them. But we need to learn when we share the word. With, it's, it's important not only to share the word, but it's the attitude in which we do it. If you need to get a facelift, if you need to get a... Trying to think one of these guys that's had a facelift. And when they have, they got one of these. Maybe we need to have some Christians to get this. But you see, what, 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 can you watch this? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're not to badger them. But how do we stand, come on, listen to me, y'all. How do we stand up for God? How do we stand up for God and at the same time love those who disagree. But we've got to do it. It's like a lot of people right now are all bent out of shape because a group of us are standing up for the marriage amendment. i got news for you. I am not standing against any person. I'm standing up for my God. You understand what I'm saying? There's a dip. Look, listen, please listen to me. Because some of you have misinterpreted this, and I've even seen it on your Facebooks. Just because I'm standing up for God, it doesn't mean that I hate homosexuals. I love them, but I love them enough to stand up for what God stands for. Is anybody getting this? I mean, I literally, I'm sitting there in this meeting the other night, and I loved everyone that stood up for, and I loved everyone who stood up against that. I'm sitting there, and God says, you love them equally. Now, I was doing real good until the last dude. And then I really had to believe God to help me. And I got done with that, and everybody was going away, and I went out there, and God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love them. So what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go up to them, tell them who you are, and shake their hand. <laughs> and, then, and, and then the thought came into mind, well, if you do that, people are going to think this and people are going to think that. I said, I don't really care about that. I just want to do what God says to do. So I walked up to the head man, walked over to him, and I introduced him and told him who I was, shook his hand. And God says, every time you do that, and you keep doing that, and you keep doing that, because the problem, listen to me. Is anybody listening to me? The problem is, we've got the idea today that if we stand up for what's God, we're saying we don't love them. But sometimes standing up for God gives them the proof that we do love them, especially if we do it the right way. I'm surprised you're not all clapping because you should be. But how do you, how do you, how do you do that? How do you stand up for what God says is right, but yet at the same time not give the people who don't agree with you and let them know that you still love them? Good, good question, is it not? I've got another question for you, too. How do we stand how do we hate sin biblically and still love the person 
who's committing the sin. We've heard it preached. Y'all, all, every one of you in here is amen that. If I got in a heated moment right now and I had slava coming up both sides of my lips and got up there, oh, praise God. Hallelujah. We hate sin, but we love people. You'd all go, hallelujah. That's the easiest thing to do. But God's requiring you to, to prove it by what you do outside this building. You'll never hear me say I hate people. I love people, but I love God more. And I've got to stand up for what he stands for. Amen? And somehow, I've got to allow the same God who loved sin out of my life to use me so that he can love sin out of their lives. And it's not by going... Like the old preacher said, oh, I'm going to say something this morning. I don't care what you believe, but it's the Word of God, and that's the way it is. Well, it is the Word of God, but God has given us the ability to share it in the same way that he shared it with you. Amen? You see, this is what God is requiring of us. So Pat and I and Trevor and Heather are talking about this in the office the other day. And we're just having a nice talk. I love dialoguing like that. And we're talking about that. And okay, God, we realize we've got to take this stand against this. But we've got to do it in such a way that let these people know that we still love them. How do we do that? And Pat said... As only Pat can say, by the grace of God. By the favor that God has favored you with, you can do that to others. Well, I was raised in a family of hate. My grandfather was a hater, my father's a hater, and I'm a hater. Well, my grandfather wasn't saved. My father wasn't saved, but I are. There's no excuse. I can't limit God because God's all-powerful. I can't do a lot of things. Hi, hon. I just recognized who that was. Good to see you. You doing okay? You doing good? Well, you're looking good. Okay. These two boys have been sitting down here all morning long thinking that I was going to nail them. You know? <laughs> I'm not done yet. <sighs> Pat said that. Then the Holy Spirit said this to me, and I wrote it down. Let us, let us never underestimate the love that God has loved us with. Don't put a limit on his love. The same God that loves sin out of your life is the same God that can love sin out of somebody else's life through you. This is good preaching. I, I, I person. this is what I believe. David, good to see you, buddy. I saw you, I saw you walking out of your vehicle to the church with no limp, 
and no cane, and it was beautiful. Amen. 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 I'm not saying you're beautiful. I'm just saying that walk, but you look good. You, <laughs> you look good. He made something beautiful out of dust, didn't he? So I was wrong. I'm not saying you're dirt. I'm just saying that with all of us. But that was so good. I was coming out of the office walking down with, walking, I felt like I was uh, uh, Jill walking down with little, two little pails there, but I, I saw that, and that just blessed my heart. Isn't that neat? And, and, and he was saying to me, he said, I have no pain today. I, I, I personally believe this. I, I personally believe this morning that God has imparted, I don't know how many of you are saved, I hope you all are, but if you're saved, I'm absolutely convinced of this, that God has imparted in you the ability to love whoever comes into your life. And you've got to stop using excuses why you can't do it. Either his love is genuine or it's not. And I look at some of you, if he can love you and love the sin that's out of your life, he can do that for anybody. Amen? I remember, young man, when you had long hair and you smoked pot, weed, whatever you want to call it. I remember that back then. That was a long time ago. Long, remember that? Long, long time ago. And God... Loved it out of him. If God can do that for Danny Sprouse, he can do it for anybody. Oscar Stalkup back there, remember he got up and testified how much of a rascal he used to be? Look what God did for him. Loved sin out of his life, put a calling on his heart, made him a pastor and a preacher. He's a fiery person. Well, when he gets compassionate about something, he... He gets red all over. I mean, I'm telling you right now, man, he gets red. All, that, his hair that's white on the top turns red. And then his brother gets up there the other night. I go, it's inherited. It's a family inheritance. If I didn't know that that was your brother, I said, man, he looks just like Oscar when Oscar gets passionate. Amen? I'm sure you've had that said to you before. If not, it's. It's, <laughs> now I think I'm embarrassed. I don't mean that. But, anyway, but God can do a lot of things, can he not? Look what he did to Richard Mills. Oh, my God. Bobby. I dare to say this. Dorothy. If God can touch her. Isn't that right, Sir Charles is going, Yeah. And aren't you glad, Charles, that God did? He put, she put, he put enough love in her to love you. Because I know what some of your nicknames are. <laughs> Don't worry. So I'm absolutely convinced that God has imparted into each person the ability to do what he's asking us to do. Folks, We've got to make this real. No one wants it unless it's real. It's easy to sing songs, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. He does, but God has chosen to prove his love through you. 
And if the world doesn't see it being manifested through you, they'll never experience. Anybody listen to me now? They'll never experience the love that God has for them. Please listen to me. This is very important. There's people that are coming into your lives in the future that the only way they're going to know the definition of love is through you. It's the doing it that's hard, isn't it? How many will say to me that it's challenging and it's sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it's time-consuming, but that's what God wants us to do? Let me say that to you. If you start doing, if you start doing that, it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be challenging and time-consuming. I'm almost done. Sometimes it takes a lot of patience. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort to love people and to love sin away from people. You see, the thing that, that's, that we need to realize, I know something that the world doesn't know. I know something that every drug addict, every alcoholic, every homosexual, they don't know. I know something they don't know. And you do too. You know love's power. You know love's power. You're here today because of love's power. You're saved because of love's power. You're healed because of love's power. You're delivered because of love's power. Yes, you are. You're not delivered because of some doctrine. You're not saved because of some church creed. You're saved and delivered and set free because of the love of God. And when you've been saved by God's love, it affects your mouth. It affects your heart. And when you look at people, you start looking at them differently. There was no hate in my heart the other night. There's no hate in my heart now towards people. You see, we, we quote the scripture verse. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Hallelujah. And then we go out there and we hate people. Because of the way they're acting. Because they don't believe the same way we do. They don't dress the same way we do. You know? But God says you love them because I loved you. And the same love that... See, I know love's power. How many of you know love's power? I know it. Oh, my God. I, I tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I am a living example of love's power. You may not believe what I told you about myself. That doesn't make any difference. God loved all of, he loved the hatred out of me. I hated my mama, I hated my daddy, and I would hate your mama and your daddy and you too. But when Jesus saved me, I loved my mama, I loved my daddy, I even loved the man who was always trying to kill me. And I loved the God who hid the, the pistol from him so he couldn't do it. You know, I love the God who took my speech and cleaned it up. I love the God who delivered me from pornography and alcohol and everything else. I love the God who forgave me for hurting all of those boys and all of those girls. I know love's power. So don't come up to me and tell me that I hate. I don't hate people. They're not hating my heart for people. 
There's a whole lot of love going on in my, in my heart. I know love's power. Now, here it goes. I close with this. I'm really serious going to close with this. This is it. It really is it. Love's power. It's transforming. It's liberating. And it's life-changing. And he wants it to be manifested through me to whoever comes into my life. But if it's just through me, this world's going to hell. Because if it isn't through you and through me, we'll never reach this community for Christ. So when it comes May the 8th, the reason why we're voting for F-O-R, the marriage amendment. It's not because the preacher told us to. It's because God instituted marriage, not me, not you. And God defines marriage, not the state of North Carolina, not the Supreme Court, nor you. God defines, the de God defines what marriage is. And because of that, I stand for him. Amen? Let's stand together. Now, I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. I'm not telling you what to do. Oh, Father, we're just so thankful that we have gathered together today in your name. And, Father, we're so thankful, God, for the electrifying worship and praise that we had this morning. Thank you for invading this place with your love and your mercy, your loving kindness and your long-sufferingness. Thank you for the blood that was shed upon the cross and its power still flows from the cross across this platform to everyone who will receive it. Father, I know of only one power, one person, one individual that knows the heart of every person in here this morning. And it's you, Jesus. We have the distinction to be able to see people's countenance. We can see the manifestation of their attitudes. We can hear from their voices their frustrations, but only you have the distinction that can look and see the heart. Lord, I remember back when I first got saved, I struggled with a certain thing in my life. And people would criticize me, couldn't understand why I was still doing this because I professed to be a Christian. Somebody needs to hear this today. And they struggled with it. They said, he can't be a Christian. He's still doing this. But I'm so thankful this morning that I serve a God 
who saw my heart and saw how I cried and how I wept and how I called out for deliverance and for help and saw my repentiveness every time that I messed up. And it's because of that I stand here today delivered, forgiven, empowered, and I praise you for that. Lord, I pray that, God, that we begin to realize that, God, that you have imparted into each and every one of us the ability to be more than what we are right now. We've got to stop using excuses. How many times I've heard excuses about generational things. Well, God, the cross and the blood took care of all of that. You put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life as Frederick Plasted Morrison, not George Franklin Morrison. My name is in there because of the confession that I made. And because of that, you have empowered me to be an overcomer, to be triumphant. God, if there's somebody in here this morning that's struggling in their life, and they want to walk in forgiveness, and they want to walk in healing, and they want to walk in deliverance, and they're trying to do that, and they've asked you to forgive them, and they're trying, and every time they mess up, they come back to you, and they ask you to forgive them again. Let them not hear the voices of the critics. But God, if they need somebody to look at, let them see me. Because I was once there, but now I'm here. And it's all because of the grace and the mercy of God. With every head bowed and every eye shut and no one looking around this morning, I want you to know this place is saturated. It's filled from one side to the other, from the front to the back, with the love of God. Ain't nobody, and I, excuse me for using the word ain't, but there ain't nobody that loves you like God loves you. And God looks upon your heart this morning. He sees the desire that you want to be better. He sees the desire that you want to live better. He sees the desire that you want to talk better. He sees the desire that you want to all of this. He sees that. And he sees you crying out. And I'm telling you right now, remain. Keep crying out. Keep asking him for his help. And one day you'll walk out of where you're at right now into the very glory and the presence of God and you'll never look back again because of the love that he loves you with. With every head bowed and every eye shut, maybe there's somebody in here that's like that right now. Say, Pastor, Pastor, I, I heard what you said there and, I, and, 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 I, and I'm there now. I'm there now. I'm there now. I'm struggling. I'm there now. And I need, I need someone who agree with me that's, that, that understands what I'm going through and, and I, want, I, want you to, I just want you to agree with me every day, Pastor, because I want to walk out of that. And I want to, Pastor, I want to become free like you. Would you just raise your hand right now in the name of the Lord? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. I want you all to look at me now. And I give you my promise to those of you who raised your hands. That's what I'm going to be doing. And I promise you this. God is no respecter of person. What he's done for me, he'll do for you. He'll do it for you. Some of you here this morning, you're walking out of here and you're bored to death. Listen to me. Some of you are walking out of here today and you're bored to death. What I've preached to you has just been like water going over a duck's back. But can I tell you something? Even in that, God loves you.
You can't get away from it. Only one, can I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to say this to you. There's only one place that you can go and get away from his love. There's only one place you can go and get away from his love. Just one place. Well, don't forget tonight, we're going to come back and we're going to do this all over again. Y'all go and have, and you, I know what you're doing. You want, see, you're not even interested in the place. You're just in a hurry to get out of here. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Goodbye. <laughs>